about Ross and Patrick. I don't care. Yeah, like, who cares? They obviously care about themselves, but who else do they care about? I don't know. I'm not so sure. Mm, maybe we'll have a guest or two. The world's going up in flames, so, like, who cares? <laughs> who cares? We care. Gross. <laughs> have a nice life, America. Have a nice life. <laughs> Everyone, have you missed us? Well, probably not. You've been busy, but we've missed you. We're back. Episode 99. Wow. I'm Ross. And I'm Patrick. And it is the podcast Who Cares About Ross and Patrick. And you may not care right now because there's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot to care about in the world. There's a lot going on. So we are definitely low, 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 low priority. Yeah. Um... But we have missed you, and this is episode 99. And we are here today on Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. At 9.23 a.m., we are recording this. We got the news muted. It's inauguration day. We just watched our president, our leader, our emperor, our (laughs) Our emperor in charge, (laughs) our our beloved Donald Trump gave a speech, uh, and and he told us to have a nice life, which was quite nice. (laughs) He's such a fucking idiot. It was it was a verbal middle finger. I perceived it as. Uh, but he also, after Melania was like, uh, "God bless this country and God bless everyone," and then she walked away, and he was like, "Yeah, good job, good job, <laughs> honey, good job, good job." Your reading lessons these last four years have paid off. Which. I think he only said because I think people in the crowd were saying, good job, Melania. And because he kind of turned, he was like, that's right. Good job. <laughs> like they're like pantomiming, like cla- <laughs> clapping, like they're at a recital. Oh, you did so good. good. A really good job, Melania. That's him projecting. He's saying somebody tell her she did a good job and then someone tell me that I did a good job. Hmm. I'm sorry, I'm drinking coffee, and I'm going to do it in the mic. This is the earliest we've ever podcasted, I think. And actually, I'm into it. You like it? I like it. Yeah, like I feel present. I feel awake. I feel like I'm ready to be here. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. There's no like, oh, God, we got to do this. Yeah. And then I warm up and I get into it. I'm here. Yeah, you're here, and we're just here as two patriots. (laughs) Ready to talk about America. Speak for yourself. I was just reading my Secretary of State's Twitter. Oh. Mike Pompeo. The great, the great, great, great Mike Monk Pompeo. Yeah, he is my Secretary of State for the next uh, few hours. Is that, that's how that works, right? Like Biden will have his own Secretary of State. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, this is my current Secretary of State. The powerful Mike Pompeo tweeting from the official Secretary Pompeo Twitter account. He says, wokeism, multiculturalism, all the isms, they're not who America is. They distort our glorious founding and what this country is all about. Our enemies stoke these divisions because they know they make us weaker. And man, I just thought we could take this episode to talk about who America is. And then the he has he tweeted something, but then he also like tagged a photo of himself with a quote on top of it, in addition to that terrible statement. Which it, is uh yeah, it's like a reprisal of the same idea. And it says censorship, wokeness, political correctness, it all points in one direction. Authoritarianism cloaked as moral righteousness. Oh my god. So I just think that's a good way to jump off uh, into just like a really uplifting, fun, who cares episode. I think it's a good way to jump off the top of your building. (laughs) Into traffic. (laughs) Just end it because it's all a waking nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like we're leaving the TV on right now because it's inauguration day and we're just sort of like... I, I'm sort of like, what's going to happen? Is everyone safe and sound? Or is there some psychopath with a gun going to like get into the mix? Uh, what sort of shit show anxiety attack are we all living in? 
where we don't know who or what is going to happen on a day like this. Well, and I actually don't think, well, I mean, I'm, I'm no medium. I'm no predictor, but I feel like in these sorts of situations when something heightened has already occurred and DC is like on, under such surveillance and lockdown, like I actually don't think anything's going to happen there. I think it's going to be somewhere else where it's like not as heavily mm. watched yeah. at the moment if if something does happen. Um, although I, I, I don't know. I feel like when something already happens, they don't do it on an obvious day. You know yeah, what I'm it's saying? Like a, it's like it, the safest day to fly is the day after an airplane yeah, like goes down. Yeah, like that's the vibe. But yeah. who the fuck knows? But I, I do, I was just thinking though that like, you know, there's like these kind of, um, I don't know what you'd call them. They're like, you know, heartfelt segments that are happening now on the Today Show yeah. where it's like Biden's grandkids, you mm-hmm. know? And um, I think I have a, I have a juxtaposition within me about this stuff where it's like, we've all been like, we basically have been in like a state of trauma for the past several years mm-hmm. where it's just like day in, day out. We're and I think we've we've normalized it, but it's like I do, especially with the pandemic, we've all just become comfortable, quote unquote, with like a state of trauma, like where we're just constantly yeah. being inundated by like these news stories and like people are dying and we have this authoritarian lunatic as our leader. And like it's so uncomfortable and we've become comfortable with it that like there is this element of like, I want to just watch Biden's grandkids and be like, oh, yeah, normalcy. Yeah, it's like the normal propaganda, which, like which, the which, comforting. But, right. Like, which uh, like w- I struggle with that, too. I'm like, well, we can't forget that like this is bullshit. Also, yeah, yeah. they're just like, look over here. It's fine now. And it's not fine now. This is a this kind of propaganda, this like happy comforting it's like a a warm cup of cocoa yeah you know on a winter day whereas the other propaganda that we're we're just about to escape from is just like in your face like uh muslims are evil (laughs) it's the china virus not the coronavirus like it's these horrible you know scary propaganda but this is also propaganda but it is so welcome yeah like and i do think we are allowed a reprieve, you know, yeah. like we are allowed to indulge in this to a certain degree. Yeah, At least like, I'm allowing myself to indulge in it to a certain degree while also remembering that like we can't like go to sleep now. Like yeah. this is not the answer to our problems. Like I'll watch a hundred videos about Joe Biden's German shepherds. <laughs> But once first rescue dog in the White House. Once I get through those hundred Instagram stories about Major and Chieftain or whatever his name is, Chieftain. whatever their names are. Once I watch those Instagram stories, you better believe I'm holding Biden accountable. Yes. I want to know: Is Biden gonna lower my damn taxes? Is he gonna raise taxes on the rich? Is he gonna uh, get money out of government? Is he going to start working toward universal health care? Yeah, I know. Because that's the stuff. It's like we really like even this, I, 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 you know, this virtue signaling, which I know is a, a dangerous word, but uh, some of the, you know, his cabinet appointments, it's very clear. They're saying like, this is who we think we are as a country. This is America, uh, which I think is great personally. A lot I of don't people know if that's virtue signaling. A lot of people are cynical and they're like, well, they're just that's just them like uh, you know, trying to look a certain way or whatever. All that's great, and I think we should celebrate these individuals that are getting these appointments, but we also have to like make sure they are doing their jobs. Yes. And we have to make sure the vulnerable populations that these people yes. are symbols of actually get the help they need. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Yeah, and I I do think because at the end of the day, Joe Biden is still like an ancient white man, so there are definitely people in place that are being like, 
Joe. Yeah. We're going to need you to nominate Dr. Jill Levine. Okay. Mm-hmm. If we, if we're going to follow through with some promises here. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, who, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, who is she? Jill? <laughs> Joe. No, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think he's got the right people surrounding him and I hope that, uh, yeah, we all continue to, hold him and his administration accountable. I certainly plan on continuing to like educate myself. Um, but in the meantime, the house of horrors will continue. Yeah. Which is what we'd like to talk with you a little bit about. today. (laughs) Yeah. Because look, as Americans, there are so many ways we can get involved. We could, we could just, you know, continue to vote at every election at all levels, local, state, federal, Etc. We could we could join our own uh, political action committees or go to town hall meetings. We could get involved in our communities, or we can join one of the several groups that I've been learning a lot about since January sixth. And man, oh man, do we have some great options? <laughs> God. And what was the um, article that you? read quote-unquote slash listen to well there's several articles that are uh, have, have been that so great to specifically the other day that yeah luke was- mogelson's article in the new yorker uh he he he's been covering all of this far-right stuff since portland and since george mm. floyd and uh yeah he he was at the capitol and just recorded all these videos and just reported on what was going on and and just the story is amazing. Uh, it's Luke Mogelson in the New Yorker. Uh, and he outlined several of the groups that were there. Um, and yeah, we just, I just wanted to share, I just figured we could go through six of the main far right groups that are out there. I could tell you a little bit about them and then you could tell me which one (laughs) you would prefer I join. Um, also I appreciate that you did the research for this episode because we did discuss us both doing research and then, I forgot and I was like, okay, who's ready to podcast? And I was like, oh wait, I was supposed to do something, right? And you're like, no, I got it. Well, let's let's start with uh let's start with the Oath Keepers. Uh oh, that is a group called the Oath Keepers. That name and, in and of itself makes me wanna just Yeah, and put it's, my dukes up. And it's <laughs> it's good to talk about them today on inauguration day where DC is has been secured by the National Guard. There's like Oh, not remember. by the Oath Keepers? They're not securing it? <laughs> well, that's the problem is that some of them may be in the National Guard. Oh, sweet Jesus. Already a news article came out yesterday that two members of the National Guard have been removed because after vetting, they were discovered to have connections to far-right groups. Shocker. I don't know which one. I haven't even read that article, but there's a high probability that it could be Oath Keepers because the Oath Keepers get their name from an oath that uh, people take when they join law enforcement or the military. Oh, uh, so, so inside, inside. Yeah, so on Wikipedia it says, Oath Keepers is an American far-right anti-government militia organization. The group describes itself as nonpartisan, uh, a nonpartisan association of current and former military police and first responders who pledge to fulfill the oath that all military police take in order to defend the Constitution against all enemies foreign and domestic. So these people, they took an oath when they were at boot camp or whatever to defend the Constitution. Mm. And now that they are either not in the military anymore, they feel that the current government, if it is abusing the Constitution, that they can, they it's in their right. Mm. And based on the oath they originally took, that they can overthrow the government. Even though... Okay, so they're going to protect us from terrorists, domestic and foreign. But they, even if they are the domestic terrorists, like, they're, they don't acknowledge themselves as such. So their oath has not been broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, what I, it's like, hey, Oath Keepers, there's these other groups. Uh, there's this group called the Proud Boys that we could actually use help uh, uh, controlling. Yeah, yeah. If you could actually not be right wing nut jobs, um, 
and stay true to the oath that you think that you've taken yeah that would be a great help oh no you're with them okay <laughs> yeah okay well we tried <laughs> okay so how do you know uh how do you know if you're around an oath keeper well the washington post has a great little article where it has all the symbolism of each of these groups oh my god and uh this says well i'll read a little bit more about them it says the Oath Keepers is one of the largest self-described militia groups in the United States, founded in 09. They are focused on recruiting law enforcement and active or former military members. Those the group's leaders believe will follow its notion of what it means to take an oath to protect the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. The Oath Keepers has had a presence at many high-profile incidents over the past decade, including the 2014 standoff at the Bundy Ranch in Nevada and the Ferguson protests. Its yellow logo makes takes inspiration from the U.S. Army Ranger tab. So, yeah, so you, you might see some Oath Keepers, and that <laughs> that's... Uh, I don't know. It's so interesting. Well, you can't you can't be a part of that one because you don't yeah, have any experience. Yeah, I haven't been a cop or a military member. So yeah, okay, let's move on. <laughs> Next. Uh, well, the most famous is QAnon. I feel like the news is doing a good job of saying what their basic belief is, uh, and and this reminds me of my why well, well, I think it's important to even talk about this stuff specifically is. The news just so quickly says like, oh, these far right extremists, they mm. did X, Y, and Z. Isn't that crazy? And then everybody's like, yeah, that's crazy. But some people might be like, well, I kind of agree that my taxes are too high or I did vote for Trump and I'm not a bad person. Maybe I should look into these. Maybe they're not bad people. Um, but so many of these things are based in conspiracy and untruths and lies. And white supremacy. And white supremacy, of course. And of course, <laughs> QAnon, at least the media says what they believe, um, which is, I want to just say in a nutshell, yeah, conspiracy claim. Uh, according to Travis View, who studied QAnon and written about it in extensively in the Washington Post, the essence of the conspiracy theory is that there is a worldwide cabal of Satan worshiping pedophiles who rule the world oh, essentially. I didn't know the, the Satan worshiping part. And they control everything. They control politicians and they control the media. They control Hollywood and they cover up their existence essentially. And they would have continued ruling the world were it not for the election of President Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump in this conspiracy theory knows all about this evil cabal's wrongdoing. But one of the reasons that Donald Trump was elected was to put an end to them, basically. And now we would be ignorant of this behind-the-scenes battle of Donald Trump and the U.S. military that everyone backs him. And the evil cabal, were it not for Q... This is so confusing. I think this must be from a verbal quote of this guy. Were it not for Q, and what Q is basically a poster... And what Q is, is basically a poster on 4chan a person who posts things on 4chan, the website, who later moved to 8chan, who reveals details about his secret behind-the-scenes battle and also secrets about what the cabal is doing and also the mass sort of upcoming arrest events through these posts. So, What's a cabal? Like a group, like an organized okay. evil organization, Okay, I believe. That's what I'm assuming based on context. So Q is a person secretly posting inside information from Q level clearance. Which you had to explain this to me the other day because yeah. I like didn't even know those like the root of this nonsense. Yeah. So and this has been going on for several years, like four years or so. And people become obsessed with it. People in my hometown uh, were posting hashtag save the children back in the summertime, which was a entry point to lure people into learning about QAnon. Yeah, there were some people I know from college also that were posting some of this fucking nonsense. Yeah, and and it's obviously a fantasy. It's a total fantasy and invented thing, but the, the problem is that some conspiracies are true, right? Like, sure. Like, I do think Jeffrey Epstein probably was not suicidal in his jail cell sure. he probably was 
assassinated in some kind of insane high level, possibly government involved, whatever. Because God knows what kind of information he has on Democrats or Republicans. Yes, exactly. Because I think government... He was photographed with like a number of people on both sides of the aisle. So God knows what Bill Clinton has done with children. He probably is a pedophile, right? So is Trump, probably. Yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, so the problem is that this shit is, for some people, it feels believable, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, QAnon, I'm thinking about joining them. Yeah, I mean, I will say, I mean, we'll get to some of the others, but this one does seem like something you could sink your teeth into. And it's fun. <laughs> QAnon is fun. QAnon is basically, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> But you're not looking for Carmen San Diego. You're looking for pedos who are sometimes uh, princes of England. Sure. Mm-hmm. Prince Andrew, he's definitely a pedo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. if there was a, a, a an evil satanic cabal, he'd be on their board. The thing is, that's so like, I mean, this is me just, you know, waxing, right? Like the the deep levels of like disconnect for these people that believe in this shit. It's like there it's most likely so many white, straight, powerful men that are involved in the, in this sort of high level, you know, pedophilia if it, if it exists in this way. Right. But they, but they think but it's like, I don't know who they think it is. I guess they only think it's Democrats or they only think it's people of color. Or I don't know. Because it's like the white supremacy is so laced within all of these groups that they think there's like this other, this quote unquote other that's doing these bad things. But it's like, no, it's the people you're worshiping actually that are like definitely involved yes. in whatever you think is happening that yeah. you think these people are saving you from. But in fact, they're the hoodwinkers of the whole thing. <laughs> yes. And that's, that's what's so sad about it. It's like, wow, if you apply this level of skepticism yes. and paranoia and fear about this fucking made up thing <sighs> toward know. the ways we are actually getting fucked by the government or by corporations really yes. it's it's the relationship between corporations and government and capitalism that are really cr- turning us into slaves yes. right but these people have become so obsessed with whatever the simple solution is and then yes to get the self righteous justified feeling of like well i'm gonna take down democrats yeah and i'm gonna keep white people in power but they're many not people aren't even it. consciously saying it like that no they're not but they get that that like side payoff of it and it's like if only you had the passion and intensity for say equal rights and the black lives matter movement or you know gay rights like queer rights it would it would be so helpful yeah <laughs> But that's where like the the power of these propaganda machines is so and religion and and just and lies in general. Like I want to read this uh, this little paragraph from Timothy Snyder, who wrote in the New York Times about uh, the Capitol siege. What is the word? The storming of the Capitol. I really hate how they're talking about it because I feel like it gives that group so much power. Like. Storming of the Capitol, the wait, what was the word they were? The insurrection. I'm like, everybody calm down. I think insurrection is good because that's like a legal term. Like that's that's a a term that is specifically used in the Constitution. I know, but it still just sounds so like like they did something like yeah, like they did it well. Yeah, and that yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean. All right, so Timothy Snyder says, post-truth is pre-fascism, and Trump has been our post-truth president. When we give up on truth, we concede power to those with the wealth and charisma to create spectacle in its place. 
Mm. Without agreement about some basic facts, citizens cannot form the civil society that would allow them to defend themselves. If we lose the institutions that produce facts that are pertinent to us, then we tend to wallow in attractive abstractions and fictions. So these groups are basically attractive abstractions and fictions for people. It's Mm. like, why? Yeah. Like, why do I want to live in the misery Mm. of my part time job that doesn't pay enough for me to pay for my diabetes medication Mm. and to get my kid to school who's now being homeschooled because Mm. of this pandemic? Mm -hmm. Why am I going to like why am I going to like live in the facts of that? Mm -hmm. Because it's so fucking miserable. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to this fantasy world where the simple answer is that my life sucks because there are uh, reptile people who are satanic (laughs) and they're having meetings about how to have sex with more children. I've got to take them down and join QAnon. Meanwhile, a funny side note, actual satanists like people that are part of the church of satan they um started because they actually i guess are considered a religion like um like legally so there was some i'm not going to tell this story properly but there is something that they basically are making it so that women can get abortions uh and like have documentation. So basically they've made it easy so that you could procure documentation from their website saying that you're a member of the church of Satan and saying like, it's against my religion not to get an abortion. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like basically trying to like help pro-choice yeah. movement. So, so if you are <laughs> recovering from QAnon conspiracy theory syndrome and you're leaving, then join the Church of Satan. I'm just saying they've got some interesting options, too, that sound more appealing to me. Uh, but anyway, Here's, I digress. I said earlier that it's just fun to be in QAnon because they do make it feel fun. When you do get hoodwinked <laughs> on Facebook and you think, oh, let's save the children, and then you join a QAnon Facebook group, which thankfully have mostly been removed... Uh, like a Pam Dunn Williams, yes, for instance. Yes. yes. And you will be courted by these women, and it is a lot of women. Um, women uh, for Trump, baby. They, you, you'll end up on these text threads where when you repost one of the theories, they text you and they say, good job. I saw your meme about X, Y, and Z. You're doing it. We love your, that you're here. And, and they, they probably haven't feel... gotten encouragement like this exactly. ever in their lives. Exactly. Right. And that's... Um, that's why I wanted to tell you about Valerie Gilbert, who was in the New York Times recently. Hey, Val, what's um, up? For some reason, I can't find the New York Times article. This is the Irish Times, uh, <laughs> but it's the exact article from I mean, the New York Times. They're probably legit. Uh, I learned about this person from Cambry Cruise Twitter, who was like, oh, oh my God, this is my friend Valerie. And it's so weird to think of people from New York becoming radicalized by something like this. Uh, this woman is the a city from New York QAnon insider now. And she went to Harvard. She went to the Dalton business school in Manhattan. And then she worked on the Harvard lampoon with Conan O'Brien in the 1980s. What? And her story illustrates the wide range of people who have ended up in Q's thrall. And her story hints at how hard it will be to bring these people back to reality. Mm. What attracts Gilbert and so many other people to QAnon isn't just the content of the conspiracy theory itself. It's the community and sense of mission it provides. Mm. New QAnon believers are invited to chat rooms and group texts and their posts are showered with likes and retweets. They make friends and are told that they are not lonely Facebook addicts squinting at zoomed in paparazzi photos. (laughs) The shade. (laughs) But patriots gathering intel for a righteous revolution. Uh, I want to read... There's some direct quotes from her that are just uh uh so over a long series of conversations this is the writer saying i learned that she had a long-standing suspicion of elites dating to her harvard days when she felt out of place among people she considered snobby rich kids Mm. as an adult she joined the anti-establishment left advocating animal rights and supporting the standing rock oil pipeline protests She admired the hacktivist group Anonymous and looked up to whistleblowers like Julian Assange and Edward Snowden. She was a registered Democrat for most of her life, but she voted for Jill Stein, the Green Party candidate, in 2016 after deciding that both major parties were corrupt. 
And Which, then, like, fair. Okay. I mean, like, we all, you know, the Jill Stein vote has its issues, but, like, okay. Yeah. And then Pizzagate happened, and she became obsessed with Pizzagate, which we could do a whole episode on this QAnon incident. But it basically says uh, she dabbled in conspiracy theories before, but Pizzagate, which falsely posited that powerful Democrats were running a child sex trafficking ring out of a Washington pizza parlor, and that all of this was detailed in code in the Clinton emails, blew her mind. If it was true, she thought it would connect all of her suspicions about elites and explain the horrible truths they had been covering up. The world opened up in technicolor for me, she said. It was like the in Matrix. Technicolor. Everything just started to download. So I kind of want to move away from QAnon because, like I said, I think this is the group that there's plenty of information out yeah, there about. Yeah, we yeah, all yeah. know they're crazy. But like this story about Valerie Gilbert on the New York Times is interesting because of it's the perfect example of like how people we all know mm. can get caught up in these things that yeah. just make so much sense. But uh, I don't know. We got to like get this woman out of there somehow. <laughs> uh, we got to get this. Actually, this episode is just about getting this woman out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Tweet at Valerie Gilbert. Valerie, come on out of there. Can you get out of there, please? It really is like get off your computer, right? Uh, yes. And I mean, that's why this is such a um, specific time in history, too, because the I sound so old because the internet okay because the internet and nobody just talks to each other anymore you know oh man you know we gotta get face to face yeah (laughs) remember going out and you didn't even have your phone and you just said to your buddy hey meet me at the 23rd street station and we'll go from there yeah remember that with my streetwise maps um (laughs) but I mean it is like we're not saying anything any of our listeners haven't thought of, I'm sure, but it's like there, there it is a specific time in history, especially with the pandemic. It's like we're all on our phones and our computers more than ever because we can't even go hang out with each other in the same way. So it's like the momentum around these things, I'm sure, is amped up to a degree we've truly never seen. Yeah. And it's hard to get people out of because it's like we're all just consuming media in a way we never have before especially in this past year while this has all been going on you know yeah and yeah it's like groups are are preying on that level of activity you know yep especially with you know boomers and shit where Mm -hmm. it's like you know it's like i've got my my mom is like on the other spectrum where she'll just repost anything that sounds vaguely liberal that is also not true. Right, right. <laughs> so it's like a problem in both ways. Which I want to say for the record, I this Mike Pompeo tweet from his personal Twitter account, uh, he edits and it doesn't say the exact same thing. So I just kept cross-referencing oh, wow. both accounts. And I'm like, I want to make sure I'm not just reading something that got memefied. Right, But yeah. I did confirm, basically on his personal account, he takes out the word multiculturalism. Uh, That's so but weird. But then from the official... So anyway, the point is that, yeah, we have to take those extra steps to like, did did somebody actually say that? Is that what they meant? Uh, are we just creating more of an echo chamber that is not accurate? Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, I'm moving to a kibbutz, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but about the boomers, BuzzFeed just today released a little 12 picture uh, listicle of people texting with their parents with their parents who have lost their mind and it's parents texting their children about conspiracy theory shit like Pelosi's gonna get arrested for treason like just insane stuff Uh, all right so let's go to the Proud Boys which we have a little bit of a personal connection mm, to. Yes. yes uh, a couple yes. years back, the handyman in our building was discovered to be a proud boy. He was all over Facebook giving the OK sign. So which cool. We can start with the symbolism with these guys. The OK sign, uh, when you hold your hand in the right way, it creates a W and a P, which stands for white power. Uh my stomach literally just turned yeah. when, you, when you said that. And the Proud Boys, uh, this is where I want to get into, again, far-right groups are just fun. They've got a sense of humor. <laughs> oh, my God. They're ironic. 
they get their name from an Aladdin song. Did you know Which, that? Which, like, that's fucking weird because Aladdin is about people in the Middle East, but okay. Yeah, and it's Proud of Your Boy from the 2011 Disney musical Aladdin. Um, oh, like the musical? Like on Broadway? The 2011 Disney musical Aladdin. So, yeah, I guess. Uh, so, the Proud Boys... Um, Let's they, take a little walk down. <laughs> down Proud Boy Lane. Uh, they, the, the, the thing that's tricky for them is that, um, first of all, they are led by Enrique Terrio, who is an Afro-Cuban-American. So his what? parents, yeah, his parents are from Cuba. Or, I didn't know this. So he's got this whole anti-communist thing. Right, which that is a part of this whole dialogue, right? Yeah. Is that people think the left want a communist government, which is not what we want. <laughs> yeah. But that's also why a lot of Cubans are involved in these kind of conservative movements right yeah i mean a lot of i mean that's a whole thing too is like people of color or people of latin uh backgrounds who end up like sympathizing with these conservative causes it's like because they've come from communist governments or something yeah i'm sorry i'm talking about it in a very like generalized vague way because i'm not informed enough well i'm just like fascinated by anybody who any people of color or minority groups that end up huge Trumpers, it's like, you know, he hates you, right? It's like some real, like, internalized shit, I think. So, yeah, the Proud Boys, the group believes men in Western culture are under siege. Right. Their mm-hmm. views having elements of the white genocide conspiracy theory. <laughs> Members have participated in multiple racist events centered around anti Antifa, anti-left, and anti-socialist violence. Expelled member Jason Kessler organized the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. He's expelled? I guess. I mean, I don't know what the inner drama is on these guys, but the thing that's scary about the Proud Boys is like a lot of young men think they are cool and uh, they like this idea of like Gavin McGinnis, the original founder, uh, he... He described it, uh, it says, although the Proud Boys emerged as part of the alt-right, McGinnis distanced himself from the movement in early 2017, saying the Proud Boys was alt-light. Oh, he wanted to go harder. Yeah, he's like, this isn't hard enough. Which, by the way, Gavin McGinnis was somebody who, like, lived in Williamsburg, like, with his wife and children, was... One co-founder of, the, of Vice. Co-founder of Vice, which, like, Vice has its issues, but, like, whatever. That's for another time. Um, but, like, his wife used to get his hair cut by our friend of the show, Dolores. Uh, and he used to make, like, funny videos. Like, I think they might have even been on Funny or Die of him using his children as, like, workout uh, accessories. So it was like these funny, like hipster dad videos of him, like lifting his baby as like a weight. I watched them. I thought they mm-hmm. were fucking hilarious. And then I was like, wait, what? This guy? Proud Boys? I don't understand. This can't yeah. be right. Yeah. And in Mogelson's piece, uh, he describes Proud Boy um, uh, dust ups in DC back in November during some of the marches during that time where they just like uh, un- like they got drunk at nine in the morning and then would just kick the shit out of like random black people like oh full on like racist hate crimes uh, the Proud Boys say they have an initiation process that has four stages and includes hazing the first stage is a loyalty oath on the order of I'm a proud Western chauvinist. I refuse to apologize for creating the modern world. The second phase is getting punched until the person recites pop culture trivia, such as the names of five breakfast cereals. So there's a hilarious Twitter video that got sent around a couple months ago of an initiation with the breakfast cereal example. 
and it's so lame looking. It's like these dorks just punching the shit out of this one kid as he shoots shouts out uh, these breakfast cereal names. The fucking fuck. But the thing that's so creepy is that they look like kids. They look like college yeah. kids yeah, that yeah, are yeah. just like they have no other f- group of friends, I guess. But I mean, this this is like it's like oh you. You didn't have a frat available. Right. Let me introduce you to the Proud Boys. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is shit that is so old and ingrained in our country. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's classic toxic masculinity, like with its far tendrils and outreaches that just, just no, no mm-hmm. bounds. Well, speaking of toxic masculinity, uh, after you do the third phase, which is getting a tattoo, uh, you have to agree to not masturbate. <laughs> and the fourth phase is getting into a major fight for the cause. So those fights, those street fights, there's a ton of they were just, videos yeah. too online. Um, that was probably, yeah, that was probably like the leaders saying, you got to go fuck that person up. Have we only done three so far? Yeah, let's, we can move on. America first. Uh mm. This one, so Unite the Right in Charlottesville 2017, the girl gets run over, etc. Uh, a personality the girl emerges. Gets run over, et a far right personality emerges named Nick Fuentes, born in 1998. He's currently 22 years old. He's this leader of this group called America First, and it's so creepy. Uh, it's full on, like. Like, uh, he's a Holocaust denier. So cool. Um, so, yeah, Fuentes strongly opposes immigration. Also, Fuentes, we're dealing with a non-white yes. person. Yes, another one. Uh, he has spoken out against the LGBT agenda sure. and describes transgender agenda. people and same-sex marriage as deviancy. He spoke, po- he spoke positively of a tidal wave of white identity following his attendance at the Unite the Right rally. It's like, how are we following any 22-year-old about anything, Yeah. first of all? Yeah. Like, what? So he, and he's like down with uh, Alex Jones, like their buddies, they, they, you know, they've attended marches together. Um, So cool. But yeah, uh, yeah, Nick Fuentes is an American far-right political commentator and podcaster. (sighs) So if you subscribe to us... Please do go subscribe to Nick Fuentes. Um, <laughs> Please don't. Okay, he, we're joking. We're joking. We're joking. <laughs> he was a YouTuber before his channel was permanently suspended in February 2020 for violating their hate speech policy. He describes himself as an American nationalist and paleo conservative, and is said to hold white nationalist and anti-Semitic views. What is paleo conservative? I'm scared to look. Uh, <laughs> Paleoconservatism is a political philosophy and variety of conservatism in the U.S. stressing American nationalism, Christian ethics, regionalism, and traditionalist conservatism. So cool. Paleoconservatism's concerns overlap with those of the old right that opposed the New Deal. Uh, So basically he's saying uh, stay local. Stay local, stay racist. Yeah. Okay. Please. Stay small. We want to stay small and not expose ourselves to too much because there's a lot of different things happening. And what is different? Scary and evil. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So the logos are these flags uh, that say AF for America First, blue flag, white letters. Um, And Luke Mogelson writes more about them. He says... This is the logo for the program America First, which is hosted by Nicholas Fuentes. He's talking about the podcast. A 22-year-old Holocaust denier who promotes a brand of white Christian nationalism that views politics as a means of preserving demographic supremacy. Though America Firsters revile most mainstream Republicans for lacking sufficient commitment to this priority... Mm especially neoconservatives whom they accuse of being subservient to Satan and Jews. The group's <laughs> loyalty to Trump is, according to Fuentes, oh unconditional. The America Firsters and other invaders... Wow. Okay, so that goes on back into I the story. I think we've heard enough about America First. All right, so this one's fun. This is the Boogaloo movement. So these people uh, are obsessed uh, with 
another civil war happening. Okay. Um, Which sounds like some of the people we heard on um, the Daily episode yesterday, actually. So Boogaloo adherents say they are preparing for or seek to incite a second American civil war, which they call the Boogaloo. Boogaloo has been used on the image board 4chan. Um, That word makes me so uncomfortable because it feels very old timey racism well this is where this is where it comes from and this goes back to the idea of uh it's just fun to be (laughs) to be a far-right group the term boogaloo alludes to the 1984 cult sequel film break into electric boogaloo that's not 1984 right break into electric boogaloo following the film's release the phrase Two, electric boogaloo became a verbal template appended to a topic as a signal of pejorative parody. The boogaloo movement adopted its identity based on the anticipation of a second American Civil War or second American Revolution, which was referred to as Civil War II, electric boogaloo. Oh, that is fun. And became popularly known as the boogaloo among adherents. That sounds like a, you know... The wedding, like a wedding dance. Yeah. You know, like you're just having fun at your cousin's wedding and they're like, do the electric boogaloo. I got an M1 rifle. Let's dance. <laughs> Let's boogaloo. Um, It's concealed carry at this wedding, right? I'm electric geared boogaloo. up. I'm geared up. I want to shoot a legislator in the face. Electric boogaloo. Oh, oh my God. Wait, uh, so this was a, this was a movie that came out in 1984, but it was like a, like a, cult following movie i i mean it's just break in the movie break in and then the movie break in two colon electric boogaloo. but were they move were they mainstream movies i don't remember them but i also well i sort of i've heard is the it phrase, mainstream movies that they have interpreted into like a weird thing the has nothing to do with the movie it's the title of the movie break into electric boogaloo just got memefied basically and using, it has nothing to do with no, it's about breakdancing. I mean, I'll go to the IMDb that page. So, so it's definitely has like black people in this movie. And they've just like co-opted the name that's a movie about breakdancing. Yeah, it was 1984. Um, yeah, it's definitely black people breakdancing. And they've co-opted it to mean this. Why? Just because of the phrase electric boogaloo is funny. It's like... It's like if we said, oh, impeachment to electric boogaloo. I mean, okay. I like don't really understand what's happening, but okay. I'm trying it's to think like, of. It's just like someone randomly decided that this was like a fun catchphrase and they were like, hmm, let's use this and make it about white supremacy. Yes. So 4chan and 8chan so and these message board weird. based websites for the last 10 maybe even 15 years have become cesspools for uh uh these ideas so these ideas and these groups form in these places that are not monitors so hate speech goes rampant yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like a horrible game of telephone and a lot of of it yeah and a lot of it is humorous a lot of it is funny like that the the frog pepe the frog has become a symbol for far-right people and actually one of the groups I can tell you more about uses it and this the guy there's a documentary out I haven't watched it but this guy who created Pepe the Frog he's just a comic artist like and he's like they took my frog yes (laughs) yes that's his story it's like he they took my fucking frog and now it's like this symbol that's so weird so these 4chan is just all these crazy memes well that's interesting too I'm sorry to cut you off because I think the swastika originally has something to do with the occult or like Wicca or something. Mm-hmm. Like it actually had to do with like paganism back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then it was like co-opted by the Nazis mm-hmm. who couldn't be less interested in paganism. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So anyway, that's, uh, that's the Boogaloo boys. Um, uh, are we on to number six? We just got one more, I okay. think. Okay. And it's the three percenters. Because I'm exhausted. <laughs> and the three percenters are just totally based. Their foundation is a lie. Three uh, percent references. The three percent 
of the American population in colonial times who mm-hmm. decided when when we decided as a, as a group of colonies we are going to revolt against the British Empire sure. and we're going to become our own country because they're not going to tell us what to do. Yeah, uh, which obviously was a good thing, right? In the long term, I, I think. Guess. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, uh, they the three percenters claim. Uh, like there's a whole group of people that say only 3% of the people in the colonies actually took up arms and actually fought against the British. Mm. Everyone else, 97% of people are a bunch of fucking uh, wallflowers, bunch of pansies who didn't join the fight. Fuck you. So it's the 3%, the brave 3% who take up arms and fight against the injustices, right? But that's been debunked. It was yeah, way but they more. Don't care. They don't than 3%. care about that. They don't care about debunking. No, and they the don't symbolism. Care about facts. The symbolism for the three percenters is like kind of hilarious because they use like uh, Catholic uh, Roman numerals like that are look like knight font, like mm. British font. I mean, let's be honest; these are all LARPers. At some point, you know, they're dangerous LARPers, which is live action role play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This symbolism article I'm looking at is is good. What I want to know is like, are the three percenters and the Oath Keepers, like, are they teaming up? Yes. Well, that's the thing. All of these people are teaming up up. and they did team up for the Capitol event. Okay. Uh, So the three percenters. I'm sure there's infighting, though, too, right? There's gotta uh, be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's probably like the three percenters are probably like, well, we're the, we're the real, we're yeah, the like, real Like, oh, ones. oath keepers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then like some groups are like, well, I don't know why the proud boys let that Enrique Terrio run their sure, organization. Sure, sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the three percenters often connoted by the Roman numeral for three is an anti-government paramilitary group that formed in 08 around the idea that a small number of patriots protect Americans from the tyranny of big government. Oh, thank you. The name itself is a reference to the debunked claim that only 3% of the population fought against the British in the American Revolution. Historians say the percentage was actually much higher. The organization is considered by extremism experts to be a traditional self-described militia group that espouses right-wing libertarian ideals, but has in recent years become an ardent supporter of Trump and has mobilized in opposition to more restrictive gun regulation, coronavirus related shutdowns and racial justice protests. So many of these also, all these groups hate black lives matter. They see black lives matter as an even worse organization Mm -hmm. than any of them are, uh, which just is objectively not true. Like, yes, there were some protests over the summer where damage was done places Boo were burned freaking down hell. lootings happened but these groups are fucking armed to the teeth yep. these groups are obsessed with gun rights that's so many of these groups and started have, as gun rights organizations and have no history of actually having their rights taken away right like they actually don't have anything to really be angry about in like the in this like historical global sense or in right? a government sense no it's like like I, black lives matter is about people not wanting to be killed yeah. like straight up like a history of violence and murder against a population of people a marginalized group yeah none of these groups have had to deal with that no and <laughs> And it's like the the specific gun thing is kind of interesting because it's like the NRA exists as a lobbying group to make the gun companies more money. And the gun companies are corporations. So they have created these zombie followers who just repeat those talking points. Like, you want my gun? Come and get it. Like, so they buy more guns. They increase the profits of these corporations. And they are just full on zombie robots following the program they've been programmed and they're following the program and they think we're like us like left liberals are we're the zombies right exactly we're we're you know following along and not thinking yeah. for ourselves so i don't know maybe i will join one of these groups and try to tell <laughs> and them infiltrate from the inside let's let's try to fight 
the bigger fight. Let's let's look at capitalism and how it's keeping us enslaved all and oppressed. beaten down and oppressed. And let's figure out how to make it all healthy and fair for everyone. Um, Do you think um, Nick Fuentes from America First will listen to me about that? So is that the one that's interesting you the most, do you think? I mean, you definitely could enter Proud Boys, like, no problem. Uh, I think I could. I, I am passing as far right extremist for any of these groups i can wear my hair down and look like a redneck oath keeper i can wear my hair up and look like a williamsburg proud boy um you know what's interesting though which i should have actually maybe i'll look into it for another episode is the like guru wellness yes part of this community because like that's a whole subsect as well yeah that's anti-vaxxing anti-masking wellness community is extremely fascinating and it's like all a part of this too like there's all these fucking whacked out guru yogi people that have like huge followings that are totally in cahoots with all of this bullshit yeah yeah, so you'll join them. I'll join. <laughs> I'll check out the three percenters. I'll go to one of their Zoom meetings. We're going deep cover. I think they're on Zoom. Um, yeah, I mean, joking aside, this is all very disturbing. And I'd like to know, I actually think we need to um, use cult researchers and professionals Yes. to like figure out how to deal with this because like that's all this is like the these are cults these are brainwashed people they think one person has the answer there does tend to be some sort of either inner leader or they're just following trump um but it's all it's all like group think cult mentality that we're like up against with with this sort of stuff like yeah. it's really um which is interesting too because i do feel like movements like black lives there doesn't seem to be like there are there's three women i believe three or four women that officially started the black lives matter movement but like there is not like one specific figurehead that everybody is following you know mm-hmm. and which is interesting i think like yeah that because it's about the issue not the person right and so these other groups these right-wing radicalized groups like it becomes about a person that you can follow and yes. listen to everything that they're saying and i mean over and over again in the raw footage from the capitol it's it's people saying we're following what trump told us to right, do right yeah we're following our leader we're following the chairman the and antifa too like antifa doesn't have a face or a leader because also it's not a fucking group. <laughs> yeah, like the name Antifa <laughs> It was made up was by... applied to them, right? I, I gotta research that more. Well, and then we were listening to um the New York Times daily podcast and like some of these, you know, Trump believers and followers thought that the storming of the Capitol was Antifa uh hiding as like their people, you know? And it's like sure yeah on your mom text thread that you guys are all yeah discussing all of this on yeah i mean there's so many there's so many things that like experts are going to dig into for years about this past administration this time in america uh it's so fascinating my this guy timothy snyder is so good he was on brian lair last week and he was he was he was talking about the cult following of trump and the fascism of it all and he was saying there's so many classic fascist tactics that got employed by trump which is and 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 especially surrounding the election uh and the the huge lie of saying the election was was stolen um and he said this simple idea of fascist is to just say uh, that the lie is true and the truth is a, a conspiracy mm-hmm. and just you just point use the word conspiracy constantly and you confuse everyone and next thing you know you've got this huge following of people who think uh, who are who are like brainwashed um, so anyway oh God, I'm sorry 
I just am looking at Bernie right now, and he is looking the most Vermont I've ever seen him in my life. Bernie Sanders just showed up to the inauguration that we have on mute on our TV, and he looks like he's looking for his car <laughs> or his... He lo- he can't find what aisle he left his shopping he's cart in. He's literally wearing like... That was a Burlington Coat Factory coat. No, that was a like... I'm prepared for winter because I live in Vermont and I also have like hippie gloves on from like a head shop on Church Street in Burlington, yeah. Vermont. <laughs> I got a little distracted moments before that. Ted Cruz was on camera. And can we talk about Ted Cruz's mullet? The man is growing a goddamn mullet. Well, I'm sorry. I was... I started to eat something because I've had too much coffee and I haven't had a single thing to eat and I started to feel a little lightheaded. Yeah, so, we got to go anyway. This pardon. is this is it's inauguration day. We'll try to get this out tonight. Hopefully this makes sense but and nothing po- horrible happens. The point of us discussing all of these groups though, I think originally just to make our intent clear, um is not to give these groups like any more of our time necessarily, but so that like people are aware that like these people are out there discussing things and they might be preying on people that we know and love, unfortunately, uh, behind closed doors, you know? Yeah. Um, I do think it's important to like name these groups as hate groups and like what they're doing is to, is to harm people like they want to harm people. They want to um, take away rights. They want to enforce white supremacy. Like for me, and I feel slightly uh, embarrassed and naive that it's taken me as long as it has to like really own this. But like this is a hundred percent about white supremacy it, from my point of view. And I think from a lot of people's uh point of view that like this is about taking power and thinking that white people the 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 fictitious narrative of whiteness that we are better than uh and just reinstating it and trying to reinforce it over and over again through all these different groups yeah you know that's that's all it's about yes yeah, some i mean at least the proud boys straight up say so you know mm-hmm. or america first and then other groups it's like under the guise of gun rights or whatever or, or stopping pedophilia yeah it's all it's all yeah we we just don't like the way the world is moving and it's scary to us so we are going to lash out in all these totally strange ways and it's about white supremacy like patriarchal heteronormative bullshit yeah and it's fucking dangerous and history shows it's dangerous like this is just history trying to repeat itself and um it has the platform of the internet to propagate in a way that it never has been able to in history and that's really fucking scary um so like be aware <laughs> of yeah. this shit and like listen to the people in your lives that might be talking to some of these people cuz it's like it's it's fucking dangerous. Yeah, I mean I wanted to talk about it specifically because like I my whole life it's just been so easy to be like like turn on the news and be like, oh, wow, that conflict is happening in the Middle East. That sounds complicated. I don't have the brain space mm-hmm. for that. I'm changing the channel. Mm-hmm. And now it's like so many of this these things are happening right here in our country. Mm-hmm. And it's been easy to be like, oh, that's crazy that in Ferguson, like there's these people clashing or in Charlottesville. That's crazy. I But I can't like learn about that. I got to change the channel. Um, and it's just too easy to say, oh, that's crazy. I don't want to know anything else about it. Like, no, we need to know the specifics of it and why it's dangerous. And uh, and it's our responsibility as white people that are trying to be on the right side of history to learn about this and do everything we can to undo it. Because yeah. it is not the oppressed's job to fight these people, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's 
like we are in a very privileged position as white people to say, oh, I don't want to engage with this or I do want to engage with this. And like it is very easy for us, like you were just saying, to like change the channel and go on with our fucking lives. But like oppressed people don't have that that privilege. And so it's like that's what this year has been about for a lot of us white folks uh is waking up to the fact that like it is our responsibility and i'm very embarrassed that it has taken me and so many others this long to like wake up to that fact but like it truly it is our job to be aware of the fact that these are hate groups that have the same skin color as us and like we have a responsibility to like know what's going on and do what we can even if in some small way to stop this shit like it's fucking crazy whiteness is a fucking illusion yeah anyways i'm getting on my soapbox uh (laughs) instead of visiting the wikipedia pages that i mentioned just now or the websites of any of these horrible groups I recommend listening to or finding some work by Brandy Zadrozny. She is NBC's like uh, extremist group expert. She's been on a bunch of podcasts. I love talking about these groups. That's Brandy Zadrozny with a Z. Uh, Timothy Snyder's a, a historian of fascism. He wrote the piece in the New York Times I love. He's been on some interviews uh, that are just great. Um, uh, Chris Hedges, I just read his book, uh, America, the farewell tour. He's an amazing journalist who has written all these amazing books about all these topics. Uh, but America, the farewell tour is really about, uh, he, he basically could have predicted the Capitol event on January 6th. Uh, His book basically does predict that, that, uh, white supremacy, corporate uh corporate dominance all that all that stuff all comes together to create this thing and he also wrote a book called american fascists that i haven't read yet but i it's next on my list um next on my easy reads (laughs) and it's 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 uh it's not about these groups it's about christian evangelists and how the christian right enables all of this shit Oh, yeah. with their political power and how they organize politically to uh, to keep white supremacy going. So we're coming for you too, Christian evangelists. <laughs> Don't think you got out of this, okay? Uh, and then I also heavily referenced Luke Mogelson's piece in The New Yorker and uh, The Washington Post has been doing a ton of great reporting around what's going on in the world. Uh so and on that note, thank you. Francis is awake from her nap. So I have to go breastfeed her. Our tiny little daughter. Our tiny little daughter who hopefully will. I said this morning as we were watching uh, 45 get on a plane. I was like, hopefully this is the last time you have to see this person. Probably not. Probably not true. But I would like to I would like to feel like she will not have to have him in her like real consciousness as she gets older yeah. of course she'll hear about the historical period but uh oh, anyway have a nice life <laughs> guys thank you for listening to episode 99 um hopefully uh you'll be with us on 100 and uh on the next 100 that we hope to bring you. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wednesday mornings, 9 a.m. That's when we record. <laughs> this is when we're going to try to record now. Um, we love you. Stay safe. Keep fighting the good fight. And uh, here's to all getting vaccinated and seeing each other soon. Yeah, I want to hug some people. Love you. Bye. Maybe that's the ending. It's me being like, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> <laughs>